Welcome to Why Logosynthesis Works, a podcast that explores the transformative power of logosynthesis. I'm your host, Kathy Caswell, a master practitioner in logosynthesis. And in each episode, I'll be talking with a professional therapist, counselor, or coach who has experienced the profound benefits of using this model in their own life and in the lives of their clients. Join us as we explore the reasons why logosynthesis works and discover how it can benefit your own healing and personal growth to unlock your potential in work and in life. Hi, I'm Kathy Caswell, and I am going to talk today with Alan from Lima, Peru. And Alan is a coach, an energy healer, and a counselor who works with clients to help guide them through this pandemic and also to work with highly sensitive people. So Alan, maybe you could introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about why logosynthesis is your preferred method. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, my name is Alan Rojas Yagolka. I'm from Peru. I am an energy healer and coach and counselor in private practice. And wow, where to start? Um, I came across Logosynthesis for the first time in 2009 when I was co-organizing the International Transsexual Analysis Conference in Peru. And I was not able to attend that seminar at, at the time because I was taking another one in parallel. But uh, a friend of mine, he told me about it. And years later, I contacted Willem, I, the creator and developer of Logosynthesis. And I got to read his books and he got, you know, curious. And by the time I joined the first seminar, I was in such, you know, I was, I was in awe because it's, I, I, I can hardly describe in words how simple and effortless logosynthesis is, you know, to solve blocks. The first step, I was really frustrated. I was thinking I invested so many years of my life with this and this worked so simply, you know, like just <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> your job is done now. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, the more hard work. That's great. <laughs> and my clients. So the journey begins. Yes. Yeah. And they just love that because they just say that, oh my God, I don't know how, but it just, it's gone. The other day, I was working with this woman who got, who came to session and, she, and she's been struggling with high blood pressure, which is related to issues she's solving together in session with me. And she came to session and said, you know what? I'm really frustrated. I've been having this arm pain for the last week. The pain right now is at a nine and the scale from zero to 10. And she had not gone to the doctor yet. She says, really bothering me now. So I'll go to the doctor later tomorrow. And I asked, would you like to work with that today? She said, yeah, please. And so we just, you know, went deep down and, and just started exploring what was going on in her body. And all of a sudden, minutes after started starting to talk about it, she just realizes that she's been feeling this pain and it's connected to how much nostalgic she's feeling about her family because she does not get to see them because of, you know, Corona. And she misses her, you know, her previous partner because not because she wants to go back with him, but because he provided her the company she's longing for, or she was longing for. And so all of a sudden we just, you know, just, okay, let's work this out. We just solve this, the block of nostalgia she was struggling with. And then she goes like, oh my God. So like, what's going on? What's going on now? And she says, it's gone. The pain is gone. She said, oh my God. And she starts, you know, like 
what's going on here? I mean, the pain is gone. And she just goes like, wow. And I just sit there and smile, look at her. It's like, yeah, gone. Yeah. Well, I grew up, yeah, I just going to say, I grew up in a family where we didn't really talk too much about feelings. Like, we kind of powered on and moved on and got over it. And uh, I know your background's different because you've come from a culture where energy healing is, is quite acceptable. It's normal. Can you describe a little how logosynthesis fits in with your culture? Hmm. I, I have a different take on this. Oh, okay. For some... For for some people in my culture, yes, um, what they call alternative methods are acceptable and welcome, while at the same time the status quo and, and the you know the um, traditional methods are still standing by and prevalent, and they are respected and looked after. And so many people believe that it doesn't work because this is this falls outside of what they believe works or not. So that's an interesting thing. But then, then come to session and say, like, hey, what just happened here? <laughs> and always smile about it because I love seeing those moments. Because yeah. they say, like, wait, we did, we did not the analysis. We did not do, you know, long-term analysis. There are no practices. You know, it's effortless. And every day, I don't have to practice, you know, sitting down and doing X, X Y, or Z things. And it still works. Yeah. And they go, like, yeah, that's a power. It works. That's low Yeah, and for me, I was trained as a dietitian. So I'm quite familiar with the science and the evidence base. And um, so I, when I met Willem, connected with it more at a spiritual level. And so then I didn't um, struggle so much with trying to make sense of what was happening and why it was happening. I was curious to explore it and, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now that you bring it up, I agree with you. Like we as humans sometimes get so caught up in why something happens. And we have this, you know, ulterior belief that if we figure out why it happens, then we will solve it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and this is what brought me to training what I trained before in transactional analysis, other other methods, because that was my belief. You know, if I will, if I find out why this happens, then it will just go away. But there I was, 2013, feeling anxious and depressed and really struggling, knowing why something happened, but still, you know, struggled with that. And it was a really tough time. And then when I arrived to logosynthesis, I was still feeling a bit, you know, struggling and hurting and suffering. And, and it just goes away. So it's like, huh, so I don't have to know the why, but it still works. And it yeah, and I guess the other thing that I, I like about it is just that I trust the process because it is so structured. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like, so I can kind of target what's bothering me. Like you mentioned about targeting that pain in the arm that's at a nine yeah exactly yeah that's also true because some people believe that from the way i speak that there is no structure behind that it's a woo woo magical thinking it's not at all like that happening <laughs> no <laughs> it's not there's this whole process there's this whole protocol and it, and it takes you step by step and you, you just hit the right targets every time until you have to come to create this very safe situation for the person to build deep inside and connect with what's going on to figure out what's happening, what's triggering them to just take take care of that or just get that out of your system. So the energy falls back again and they just, they become calm and clear thinking and creative and they just go like, okay, so I'm still facing the same situation, but I can manage it differently. This is what I will do. And they just say it themselves. I don't have to tell them anything of what to do. Right. Pretty, you know, already fine for them to just 
figure it out by themselves. That's what yeah, and said about. Um, someone said to me the other day, like, Kathy, I feel really safe when I'm approaching these traumatic times with you and I'm not a counselor like I'm like all I know is logosynthesis and but I feel comfortable with the structure that the sentences will process so I feel safe when you bring up things that are distressing for you mm -hmm. and and I just let it work so I'm not trying to find out what the issue is or solve the issue I just follow the protocol mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and kind of let that guide me as opposed to trying to solve other than that so yeah so when people say when people say to you oh you know I have a method that sounds a lot like it do you try to explain it or how do you how do you approach it I need some help with this it's funny because I can see two different two different roads here like all they would have like really you know tried to you know, push it off their throats and say, you know, this works, this is why you should do it, and blah, blah, blah. But this sat I go like, well, maybe there's a similarity, you know, like logosynthesis came came to birth, you know, uh, from the, this more than 35 years of work at Wooden Lambers, and he certainly was trained in several things before he worked. I mean, he discovered logosynthesis. I mean, he was, uh, he is a supervising and teaching a sexual analyst, and he was training Gestalt. And he, he for sure became a supervisor and trainer in EFT and, and so many more models. So I'm sure there are, and actually there are elements that resemble or, or come from other methods. But being myself a Peruvian, the best metaphor I can find to talk about this is like, this is like cuisine, you know, like the cooking. You know, you can have many ingredients, but it's all about how you combine them. And that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about logosynthesis. Because yeah, there are some elements that may resemble or come from other methods, but the combination in itself is original, you know, and powerful. And the taste and the flavor is unique. And so, and so, what do you look to support your clients with? What's your area of interest or your your specialty as a chef? Uh, that's a good question. I, I guess I would have to say highly sensitive people, because I myself am a very sensitive man. You know, growing up, uh, that was something I used to feel embarrassed about or, or struggling with, but I've discovered that that's actually part of my essence, and that's now how I can approach others and help others with, because I've been there, and I, 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 can, I can easily see myself in those situations, and I've gone through those situations, I'll solve them with logosynthesis, so I can meet people there, be there with them, and Sometimes it's such a wide range of people. I mean, I worked with a PhD candidate who was, you know, procrastinating the research or the programmer who's overwhelmed with work and wants, wants to help everybody, but then gets overwhelmed and feels guilty to say no. Or the awarded scientist who's a pioneer woman who struggles in relationships and also that's later found out because it was a history of sexual abuse. Or maybe even psychologists who are struggling with, you know, corona fear themselves and they help them deal with that as well. And that's such a wider range of people, but what they all have in common is that they're struggling emotionally. And logosynthesis is a really fine, you know, smooth job at helping them, you know, stop struggling and just, you know, tackle whatever is causing, triggering that in them. So they just go to go to flow back, flow back again in life, you know, with, go back to their lives and do whatever they want to do, you know, live their mission. So Yeah, so 
in the case you provide, or in the book rather, you provided a beautiful case of guiding Dina through some fears and anxieties around coronavirus. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that and and how you see that show up in your everyday practice. Well, one of the things that Dina was struggling with was fear. Um, she was waiting in line to catch a check that was issued by the government as, as aid during these current times. And while she was start standing there in line, somebody coughed in her back. That lead she was feeling her neck. And when she turned, I heard someone cough yesterday. Yeah. And she took, she startles and turns around, and the other person is not wearing a mask. Yeah. And she started having all these pictures of, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm going to die. And, and my parents are going to get sick. I think they're going to die too. And she's starting to get, you know, hyperventilated about that, which she even talks about it or where she was talking about it. And I guess that's one of the things that I, I, I'm, I've gotten, um, so good at helping people with, and it's about sometimes we start imagining what could happen in the future. And we yeah. build up all this plan, this is what could happen. And we build up this very complex and, and detailed scenes of what may happen. And just by, you know, having those scenes in our personal space can be so triggering. And she was having this vivid picture of what was going to happen to her or her parents. And whenever she would think of them, she would just go, she would cringe and go crazy and, and just you were really frozen and we just took care of those images of the fantasies and she was like wait what <laughs> and she was small again and and she was able to think through how to take care of herself and and last time i talked with her she said you know what i was she said i was right and i said what do you mean is it because that day in session i just i just realized that all that i needed to do was you know wash my hands and keep distance and wear a mask and that's what I've been doing, and it works. And I'm I'm safe, and my parents are safe, and that's it. We're able to navigate these times, you know, effortlessly. And, and yeah, so I help people with this, you know, emotion struggles. When they, you know, take that out of their system, they're able to think by themselves on how to deal with the situation and creatively, and, and they do. Because that's what I do mostly. I, I help people yeah. struggle emotionally. I never figured that I was actually struggling emotionally. I just kind of recognized that I was maybe a little overreactive at certain times. So maybe that was emotional. But what I noticed was when I followed that same process and calmed those reactions, things around me changed. So if I was in the line in the bank and I saw that, you know, probably in the past, I might be a little um, abrupt. That might be one way to put it. Um, and so now that, um, you know, I've done some work, those triggers, and there's always lots of different triggers that I have to resolve. I might have waited, um, you know, if I had worked on it earlier, maybe I could have resolved some, some more. But um, one of the things that I do find is that just the way I show up in my everyday life now feels more at ease. And so then I can focus on what's important for me instead of responding to everything that's going on around me. So again, in the book, what I found interesting was when you were guiding Dina, you helped her change her reactions. And when her reactions changed, she could see what action she had to take. And so, yeah, can you describe a little on your end what you see the benefit of helping people change the reactions instead of changing everything around them? 
Oh, that's a really nice question. Uh, okay. So in the past, I could see my client come to me struggling emotionally because of XYZ stories. And I used to tell them that together we would figure out what was causing it so that they would learn to live with that in a different way. So cope it, just live with it. Mm -hmm. And, and they came session after session and we would dig together and explore and start labeling things. And so they would be really educated about what was going on. And the myth was that by knowing this, they will learn how to cope with it or live with it better. But in reality, they would still struggle no matter how many resources they had or picked up with from our work. But what I see different here is that there's a need for any of that. You instead work with the client to figure out what's going on. Just, just see what's going on. How are you reacting? How are you feeling? You know, where are you in the body? You're feeling it. And when you feel that there, what are you thinking? Have all these reactions clear and what's your level of distress? And from all of that, it's like, let's figure out what's causing this to happen. When you take care of that, just the reaction just go away. It just vanish. So what I find so important or the benefits of helping people change their reactions is that they no longer have to drag themselves forward in life. You know, because my clients somehow were doing that or that's what we were doing together in the past. You know, I was telling them, live with that. You can live with that. And I'll teach you how you can do that and just learn to, you know, carry a part of you that's still stronger, but you'll deal with it. You know, like a parent, parent to baby. We'll do. Yeah. And, uh, or you, you will take care of yourself, but it felt like, you know, dragging themselves forward because it was a part of it that was resistant or was stuck. And another part of it was trying to just push them forward in life, but it's still resistant. So it was a struggle from pointing backwards and forward all the time. But with this here, there's no resistance. I do not have to convince anyone to move forward at all. Uh, we just simply just take, it's like, it's like a hot air balloon, you know, with ballast. It just take care of, you just lift up the anchors or cut up the anchors. It just flow away. You soar, you soar up and away. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Yeah, that's a very nice analogy or a nice metaphor to, to, I haven't heard that one before, but it, it definitely yeah, does yeah. resonate. Yeah, we're, we're such, you know, high end beautiful boats ready to just sail away to look into the horizon to live our lives. But sometimes we're stuck in the pier or the harbor. All we have to do is lift anchors, you know, because they keep us there stuck. But just cut them off. Yeah, but then people say, well, it is so important to me. And if I let go of my anger, <laughs> if I let go of my anger, then I'm not going to be able to fight it. So how do you respond to that? Oh. I say uh, anger allows us to set boundaries. And sometimes when people do something I don't like, I just tell them out front, I don't like this, please stop doing it. And there can happen two things, you know, that's my anger. I, I just, I'm very straightforward and, and I'm gentle, but straightforward. Yeah. You know? And uh, two things can happen. They can stop doing it or they can continue doing it. And I will still set boundaries one more time. I give people three times. Uh, there's a fourth time. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, you're about to cross a third time with the boundary. Mm -hmm. There is a fourth time. If you do it again, 
I will not let it be part of my life anymore. And I'm really, you know, I'm really straightforward with that. And people, when people learn that there's power in setting boundaries, there's never need to be angry about, you know, like to, to call the anger inside. Because yeah. if they just cross it one more time, you can just, you know, stop allowing them to your space. And that's your gut given right. I mean, it's your life. You decide what to do with it. So there's a need to follow the boundaries. But I guess my question would be if you were the person that was angry at someone else or at an issue and we're so um, familiar with that feeling that we need that anger to fuel our motivation and and the fear I see around me sometimes is, and I kind of, you know, kind of thought the same, but if I'm not fueled by that energy, then I'm not going to be able to have an impact. But when I let go of that anger, do you see that with your clients or not so much? Not really, but what I do see from what you're telling me is that I would propose to this client, okay, so let's, let's try experiment and see what happens. Because, you know, we can talk about it and speculate about it, or we can have run an experiment and see what comes up. So I would invite to run an experiment and see what changes if you let go of the anger. Because my hypothesis is that when you let go of the anger, what takes over its essence, and you'll have enough energy to fill yourself through life for the rest of your life. And the next one. <laughs> People might respond a little better to you if you're not angry at them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they can get angry with me. I have had a client, a client angry with me. It's like, you know, I, you don't understand me. And they're like, all right, maybe I'm not understanding you. So I want to hear you. Just, you know, continue to tell me what's going on. And just get, get angry in him. We can talk about it. So I can take it. Just get angry. Talk about it. And they were like, you're the first person that wants to talk to me and listen to me when I'm angry. I was like, good. Oh, interesting. So do you use logosynthesis for your own self-care? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people can be angry at you and not take a person. <laughs> this last year, this is that story. Uh, last year, I was having a presentation at an local NGO way, way before the pandemic. And this was a real important deal for me because I, I was, I was going to be making a presentation using logosynthesis. I was really enthusiastic about it. And, um, and this is a local uh, LGBT NGO, and it was a session for gay men. I'm a gay man myself. And at that day, I had invited my my partner, Danny, to come along and join us you know, for the session. And at the last minute, he says, you know what? I'm not feeling ready. I don't want to go. And I was like, I had built up all the expectations of us being together and, you know, be he being part of the session and seeing in action because I want to share with him part of it. You know, my job at the time, I was not sharing that with him. He was, he had not seen in action yet. And I wanted him to, you know, witness how this works out and, and so on. And he says, no. And I was like, oh. And in that second, I thought, I can work with this to logosynthesis. And I said, I need 10 minutes, please. And said, okay. So I went into the room, closed the door, and worked through this with logosynthesis. And it just, you know, the anger and the frustration, it just went away. And I started feeling more calm and I can start thinking clearly. I said, like, okay, so maybe there's a next time. It's all right. 
and I come back and he's feeling really guilty about it. So like, it's all right. Then maybe next time. I mean, this is not the last time I'm going to speak in public or share others what I'm doing. And we'll have plenty of opportunity in our lives together to, you know, to share a moment like this. That's fine. And he was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> You're just angry for strength here. I mean, are you quite me? And is this going to come back later? It's like, no, I'm fine now. And it was fine. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 That's such a great description of, because in the moment, sometimes it's hard to catch ourselves. And so if you can recognize it and remove yourself, then yeah, that's, that's a great benefit, especially yeah. for any relationship. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. sharing all this, uh, Alan. It's been a very interesting conversation. I just love the work that you do. I love the stories that uh, are the the uh, material that you share on your website, alanry.com. So everyone should check out uh, just to get some examples of the beautiful work that you do. So um, people can go on online and also for people to read um, your case study in my new book, Thriving in Their Times, From Reactions to Action Using Logosynthesis. And I certainly appreciate the contribution to this case all the way from Lima, Peru. Thank yeah. you, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Why Logosynthesis Works. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the power of logosynthesis. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join us next time as we continue to explore the transformative potential of this innovative approach to personal growth and emotional healing so that you can unlock your potential in work and in life.